Changing the story around pain. This is the Modern Pain Podcast, helping to improve the understanding and treatment of pain across the world through education, advice from experts in the field, personal stories from those living well with pain, and more. A modern approach to pain treatment, management, and education, while helping to bring the patient voice back to healthcare. This is the Modern Pain Podcast. Here's your host, Dr. Mark Cardula. What is going on, everybody? It is Mark Cardula, lead faculty and CEO here at Modern Pain Care, where we make you the complete clinician. Today, this episode, I thought we'd go a little bit different direction. We've been doing a lot of clinical pearls, but part of the clinic is also more than just treatment. There's our staff, there's our front desk. Talk to Jerry Durham about the front desk, of course. Um, but there's also the discussion that Jared and I have had with some of our coaching, uh, cl- the clinicians in our coaching program, uh, about use of text. And I think there's some some interesting dialogues that have, we've seen on social media, Jared's seen in other areas that we'll talk about today, and some some uh, maybe not helpful opinions. I think I think um, there's ways we can kind of navigate this discussion and, and make it a win-win for both clinician and patient. But before we get into that discussion, let's welcome in our co-host today. How are you doing, Jared? Man, <clears throat> I am doing good today. I'm actually, uh, I- I'm, I'm excited to talk about this because I think that it's something that doesn't get talked about a lot directly. Um, there's, there's a lot of talk about using technicians or using aids uh, <clears throat> to assist you in your treatment or to help you in the clinic. And I have seen, you know, the discussions occur where uh, there are some people that are holier than thou and they're beating their chest and they're, they're yelling through their megaphone that if a tech has anything to do with your treatment, then you can't, you know, you can't charge for that time. That time is not valuable. You're not doing a good enough job because the patient comes to see you. And, you know, I run in a clinic where we don't have techs and we do everything ourselves. And like, you're you're paying to see a doctor of physical therapy and that's what you're going to see all the way over to of course the mill clinics that we all know about that we that we hate that have probably given rise to some of that other side of, of the coin that they're seeing 100 patients a week you know the therapist is seeing 100 patients a week they're they're triple booked they got three patients every single hour you know every hour of the day throughout <clears throat> the entire week and techs are doing a, a large proportion of the treatment. Like the, the therapist comes in and they do their 15 minutes of manual therapy and then they do exercise with a tech for 45 minutes. And then the therapist switches over to the next patient and they do their 15 man- minutes of manual therapy and the tech does 45 minutes of exercise, right? So the, the, the therapist is just the manual therapy applier where, whereas the tech does everything else, right? So there's that there, those two ends of the spectrum. And I think both of those ends of the spectrum as usual, when you shift to the far ends, probably are, are, are not completely the best way to go about things. And given this is just my perspective, uh, but but I have some thoughts that on this I really want to talk about because of how much I've seen it online and because of how much it's already come up in our uh, in our complete clinician coaching program with, with, with some of our uh, mentees in there really having this discussion as well. Yeah, it's, it's been interesting. I will, you know, be, uh, you know, full disclosure, I don't have currently techs. I have PTA, which we're going to probably have our PTA come on an episode just because we've had questions from our coaching clients of like, well, how does a PTA interact with this? And we've had some PTAs that have been in our programs and brilliant folks that do some amazing stuff. Um, and I think you can leverage them and you can get some really good techs who are very skilled in what they do and, and, and 
put in a role that you know allows them to succeed and not put them in an ethical moral dilemma maybe that, that might happen in other situations but I, I do agree with you I think there's this dichotomous ridiculous like you know the, the mill versus like you're a horrible human if you have a tech involved in your care um, I don't think either of those sides are very helpful um, to, to our profession um, and if you look at healthcare and other settings that we have a lot of other staff that interact with you in your doctor's visits and your um, your other uh, you know healthcare uh, you know things that you in you know in appointments that you go to yet for some reason it's it's some horrible devious you know horribly you know terrible thing that we're doing in pt to have that but i'm curious jared what do you think like if you were to kind of think what are the strengths of having like a tech or what are the things you could you know do as and and kind of maybe and keeping that on the obviously the the moral ethical high ground that we you know strive to keep on here um, what do you see as like hey this is like if you're going to have techs and take your take advantage of it and make it you know up your game and and help you really deliver even better care than maybe you could if you didn't have that help helping hand in the clinic well, and I want to be full disclosure as well. I, I work in a clinic environment where, uh, well, now I, now I do a lot of management and I'm only in the clinic part-time, but um, I worked have worked in a clinic environment where our expectation is to see about 55 or 60 patients a week. Uh, and so that, that averages out to, you know, 11 or 12 a day. And we typically work with those patients. Some might be 45 minutes. Some might go up to 75 minutes. It really just depends on what the patient needs. So there will be some overlap, right? And I have a one, I have one hour blocks for evaluations. So when you have, you know, five evaluations in a week, well, that creates five spots where you kind of have to double up a little bit. So there will be some overlap. Um, so crucify me, if you will. I think that that is a really reasonable model um, to see to average 1.5 uh, patients per hour is uh, kind of, in my opinion, a, a little bit of a sweet, spot, a sweet spot between having a profitable clinic and providing really, really good, high quality patient care and, and, and value without getting into the mill session or the, the the mill stuff, and also not being one on one. You're you're fortunate to be able to be one on one, Mark. So. If you are in a one-on-one -on -one environment, the need for a tech does reduce. But if you have a scenario where you're in that middle road, there are some things that you can do to to, to really maximize the the effectiveness of that tech. And in, in, in my opinion, and the way it's written, a tech is an extension of the therapist, right? And anybody that involves that is involved in patient care from the time that patient walks through the door till the time that patient leaves is part of their experience. And that includes the front office, hat tip, Jerry Durham, but it also includes the technicians. And that technician, uh, they might have a really good bond with your patient as well. And they can help you facilitate a therapeutic alliance, right? If they are a personable human being, if they're interested in, you know, the patient, if they care about what's going on with them, right? So a, a tech is as good as you train them to be uh, as far as, you know, understanding that they actually are super integral to the entire patient experience. And understanding that they play a role 
in that patient getting better because they're another person that's interacting with them in their story of their rehab and of trying to get better, right? So if we wanna talk about just a healing environment and we wanna talk about clinical context and contextual architecture, a technician might play a really valuable role in that contextual architecture for one of, of setting the stage for that person to get better and reinforcing helpful and positive messages from the therapist and not saying things that could be detrimental to the patient. So that that's one way in which the, the, the technician plays a role. Secondarily, you know, I, uh, I like to spend absolutely as much time with my patients as I possibly can, but we all know that we have documentation requirements, right? We, we have these notes that we have to write. And if you don't want to spend your entire lunch break, or if you don't want to stay an hour after clinic every day, but you do want to spend all of your time with your patients, this, in my opinion, is where a tech becomes very, very valuable, right? So we have electronic flow sheets and uh, the techs that I've worked with have been very well trained. And this is this is something that you can do with any and every tech that ever works with you in clinic to know how to manage my flow sheet. And when I'm working with the patient, I might say, hey, let's say my, my tech is Bob. Hey, Bob, Miss Smith right now we're doing deadlifts and we're doing three sets of 12 at this weight. And this is why we're doing it. And I want you to go ahead and write that down in the flow sheet for me or in the, in the documentation. And the tech is involved in care. They're doing my documentation for me. I'm essentially utilizing them a little bit as a scribe in in that scenario. They get the opportunity to learn from my thought process and why I'm doing things because most techs are in this game to get into PT school. So now I'm helping a tech learn a lot of stuff about dosing and exercise selection and rationale and why and exercise progression and all that sort of stuff. And I'm actually helping prepare them for school while they're really taking a lot of load off of my back. And, you know, I could, you could even go so far as to, you know, have a tech jot down subjective information and that sort of stuff for you. And then when you come to your documentation, you write up the assessment because uh, you've already directed the tech to write down things, you know, in the flow sheet for you and that sort of stuff. So they have maximized your direct one-on-one time with the patient. They've allowed you to be hands-on with exercise. They've allowed you to be, you know, doing your manual therapy, doing your education, doing your coaching, doing your behavior change experiments and all of this sort of stuff. And they're getting 70% of your documentation done. And then you come back and you do the assessment and you do the plan and you make sure everything is correct later. And that, that dramatically reduces your documentation requirements that you have to sit down and do all these notes at the end of the day or at lunch. So you're, strategically utilizing an extension of yourself in the documentation side of things and in the flow sheet side of things to maximize your time with the patient. And if you don't think that that is valuable, then I, I don't know how else to say it for you. That if you're if you're using somebody that is a, a, a low labor cost to allow you to maximize your time with the person and from a billing perspective, allow you to actually maybe generate more revenue for the clinic so the doors stay open because you can't maximize that that time and you can have a little bit of overlap in patients so you can maybe see just a couple more patients that and that's the difference between your clinic being in the red at the end of the year and being in the green at the end of the year and um you know i i'm i'm 
fairly heavily in management now, and I have a little bit different perspective on things than I did when I was just a clinician. Surprise, surprise, right? There is this world in which you actually have to have open doors to see people, and it, it, it matters if people cancel, and it matters finding out why people cancel, and it matters that you actually bill appropriately for the services that you provide, and it, it matters that you try to maximize your interaction with the patient, right? All of these things matter, and they all play a role in the clinical environment, and uh, business stuff plays a role in the clinical environment, and contextual stuff plays a role in the clinical environment, and, uh, you know, the front desk plays a role in the clinical environment, and the tech does too. And I know I've got on this like long, you know, diatribe at this point, but after kind of talking through that, I'm I'm interested to hear your perspective, Mark. No, I I think you bring up some good things, and I think it's always helpful. You know, when I was just strictly a clinician, it's easy to kind of cast stones at in a glass house kind of thing where you don't really understand, like, you know, all the overhead and the business sides of as much as we'd like it just to be this altruistic, you know, we can do everything for free. Patients don't need to have insurance companies and have these expensive. We got to kind of work with the system we have. And I think um, understanding some of the things that, you know, to, to provide the benefits we all want to have in this, 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 we want to get paid a certain amount and we want these benefits and all these things that we deserve because all this stuff we do, then, you know, the, you, who's, how's that all going to get paid for? And I'm not saying we, and there's a way to do it ethically, morally. Jared's in a great spot where, where they're really mindful of, of producing a great patient experience, um, but also maximizing, you know, their, their clinical efficiency where clinicians aren't burning out. And I mean, I can't imagine seeing triple booked at the hours with some of these clinics that are, you know, in the more mill style where, God, I mean, and they, and I see it because I see clinicians, students go into those things getting promised, oh, you get, you're going to get paid more. And then a year or two later, they're burned out to, to a crisp and they're like, you know, looking elsewhere to do it. And, you know, the turnover, there's a reason turnover in some of those situations are high. Um, but, uh, you know, not my favorite mode of, of treatment and I think Jared and I can agree with that but I, the the other thing I would say too is with with what you spoke about where you're where you're having this dialogue with your tech of like here here's what I'm doing here's why I'm doing it here's how it's going to help Mrs. Smith I think Mrs. Smith hears that and I think Mrs. Smith like god these guys are really thoughtful in what they're doing with me and, and, and especially if um, you know Jared you're, you're talking about how yeah Mrs. Smith really wants to be able to get up some stairs so we're going to do some um, you know some step ups here on a th- thing or we're going to do some sit to stands with with a kettlebell I'll do some goblet, you know, touch and goes on the chair. Um, you know, the, the, the Mrs. Smith, he's got, they're really thinking about it versus, you know, I've had patients come from those mill style clinics where it's like, I don't even feel like anybody, like, I just can do it. I'm just kind of on my own with people that's kind of peeking in on me once in a while where there's no real direction. And to me, that's just like, you're born somebody's natural history to death. Maybe they'll stick around with that till, till natural history does its thing. But, and I mean, and a lot of natural history helps us out. I think, man, embrace it, get people confident in it, get people engaged with their bodies and engaged with movement. And maybe you can change their behaviors to where this thing isn't a recurrent thing versus just like, you know, them being a little cog in this, you know, you know, number in this big, massive hundred visit a week schedule, which I think is just not a best way for us to portray ourselves to, to the general public because, uh, you know, it just makes our, that unique therapeutic alliance i'm invested in you and your recovery it's hard not saying that there's not some great people who are in those situations who are doing their best it's just man it makes it hard i can't even imagine like i get struggled with my one-on-one schedule sometimes i'm um, just with some of the you know challenging caseload with a lot of folks who are dealing with some really challenging stuff but can't imagine trying to deal with with uh 
you know, three people at once and all that uh, different things. But yeah, I think there is definitely a good way to utilize text and utilize in a way that I can go to bed at night feeling very confident that I'm providing some damn good clinical care and not feel like I'm some sort of moral, morally challenged ethically, you know, in this ethical dilemma. I think, you know, there's always, we should be, you know, striving to provide the best experience for all of our patients and i think you can definitely do that within you know utilizing a tech but what would you say as we kind of wrap it up here jared well you know there's there's one more thing that, that i didn't directly say like i in my mind i thought it but i didn't re- directly say a technician can be another set of ears for you as well right both to hear things that patients say and just to be an ear for that patient to listen to. We all know that a lot of the patients we see, we're some of their only social interaction, right? Uh, there, there's a lot of people that, that are, their world is really small, whether it's due to social factors or whether it's due to pain itself. And we are one of the, the, the primary social interactions that they get. And uh, there are a lot of times where patients will tell support staff will tell technicians or front office managers things that they don't tell the clinician things they don't tell the therapist because they either they they, they don't want to let us down they don't want to disappoint us they just for some reason whatever it is they don't want to tell the therapist you know they don't want to offend them or whatever it is like hey that technique actually hurt or hey that exercise really sucked i didn't like that or whatever it was like my front office manager has told me on countless occasions things that the patient told her that they didn't tell me that was actually valuable that was really good and and they will tell technicians patients will tell technicians those things too like say i'm i'm over you know in one part of the clinic and i'm I'm maybe I'm, i'm demonstrating an exercise to one patient after I've set up the other patient on an exercise and I'm having, you know, the tech just help me observe and make sure nothing crazy is going on with that person while, you know, I feel confident that they're finishing, you know, their their set of rows or they're finishing their set of leg press, right? Um, I don't necessarily, if we've already dosed it and we've already anchored their RPE and the patient already understands what they're doing, I don't think that I necessarily need to count every rep they do on a leg press. So I can have my tech count those reps and I can demonstrate an exercise or have an educational session with another person. But over there behind me on the other side of the clinic, that patient is saying something of value to that technician that they then come and tell me. And then I might get to say, Hey, Ms. Jones, like, you know, Bob told me that you said so-and-so like I, you hadn't mentioned that before to me. What, you know, what's the story on that? What's the background? And I don't know why, but maybe it's that my communication is not as good as it needs to be, but there have been countless occurrences in which a patient felt comfortable telling a tech or a front office manager, something that for some reason they didn't want to divulge to me right off the bat. And, and if those, those people know that they're supposed to listen and, and really convey that information to you, then that is another set of ears that is highly valuable to you. And you're taking in more information on the regular. 
That's a great point. Um, I think, you know, you see that in clinics and even with me, not text, definitely like uh, PTA, uh, front office staff, maybe it's a, you're working with a female patient and they feel more comfortable talking about some things with a, uh, another female. Um, definitely have had those type of things happen regularly. But yeah, if you can have another set of ears that can start, you know, better understanding and helping a human in front of you, I mean, God, how can that hurt? That's going to be definitely something you can leverage and improve your ability to better understand and better help somebody. So yeah, can't uh, agree with you more on that one. If you guys are having some of these internal struggles in your practice and, and difficulties and you're looking for some kind of one-on-one guidance, uh, we had alluded to our coaching program where you know, we thought this was going to be all clinical and it's been great and we've done a lot of good clinical coaching and different things, but a lot of it's been documentation, use of text, PTAs, um, some of the existential crises you're going to go through when you're a PT student coming out into the world and it's not as rosy and as black and white as it gets painted in school. How do you navigate that? How do you get a clinical process? How do you, you know, get take all this stuff you're getting bombarded with on social media and everybody's highlight reel that you're watching um, and be effective in your clinical practice. So if that's something of interest to you, don't hesitate to check out our Complete Clinician Supercharged uh, program, modernpaincare.com forward slash supercharged. Um, we can sit down and have a discussion with you if you think it's something you're interested in pursuing. Um, we've had a great time with the program so far, and if you're interested, we'd love to, to have a conversation with you and see if it's something that you might be able to get some help with, because um, this is definitely where we think our direction will be in more of our educational pursuits just because the weekend course and even online course um, has been limited in our experience as far as really being able to make the impact we want in practices. So I think we'll wrap it up there, Jared. I think uh, hopefully you guys enjoyed the, the clinical topic uh, outside of more of the you know clinical treatment, more of the kind of, I guess, administrative type ways of looking at clinical practice because that is part of your success as a clinician is really maximizing the resources you have clinically. And I think a tech can definitely be one of those. So we'd love to hear your comments. If what you thought of this episode and maybe some comments or questions you have regarding it, if you're watching on YouTube or Facebook, drop a comment in the comments. We'll respond to those, um, but don't hesitate to message excuse me, message us on social media and we're happy to reply to you there. So with that said, you guys have a great rest of your day. We'll talk to you soon. This has been another episode of the Modern Pain Podcast with Dr. Mark Cartula. Join us next time as we continue our journey to help change the story around pain. For more information on the show, visit modernpaincare.com. Also, visit the Pain Masterminds Network on Facebook for free education and resources. This podcast is for educational and informational purposes only. It is not a substitute for medical advice or treatment. Please consult a licensed professional for your specific medical needs changing the story around pain this is the modern pain podcast